And it's the coolest thing to see people literally come back to life right before your eyes. <sighs> Giving them that hope. Yeah. Everything starts with hope. Whether you're dreaming for a business, whether you're dreaming for your marriage, whether you're dreaming for recovery, everything starts with hope, I think. And hope is a powerful message. And right now, what we're going through in the world, hope is a very powerful message. I'm Priscilla Pfeiffer, and welcome to Spark Your Inner Fire, a podcast for artists, performers, and closet creatives. You bring a lighter, and I'll bring the fuel. It's time to spark your inner fire. I have a special guest today, Rich Bontrager, also known as Trigger. He is, has a 30-year career as sports broadcaster, amazing, talk show host, and as a keynote speaker. Rich now coaches and equips leaders and speakers and organizations how to rock the virtual stage. I'm so excited to hear about that. He believes the virtual stage is an ever-expanding platform with limitless potential to impact the world. If you know how to rock it. Rich, welcome to the podcast today. Thank you so much for being here. Priscilla, great to be on. I'm so happy to be here and uh, talking about rock the stage, you're Anything else you're going to ask? I don't know what you got planned, so this is great. We're, we're going off the cuff here. This is amazing. I'm so happy to have you. Introduce yourself. What's going on right now? Well, we're still under coronavirus. We're still under the virus uh, lockdown. So everyone right now is trying to figure out what stage, what level they're in. Every hour, it's changing. Uh, yes. But the virtual stage right now, because of the coronavirus, we're all doing life, office, work, ministry, coaching, whatever from our homes, from our living rooms. Uh, from our bedrooms and so a lot of my time right now uh, is spent on calls like this this is my fourth one today of coaching equipping sharing and getting people to understand this is a very exciting time despite a very tough and heart-wrenching time so how to turn a negative into a positive and get your careers and things going virtually is so important so i'm having the time of my life actually that's amazing. So is this something you were already doing, teaching people how to entertain virtually, or was it something you segued? I did a little pivot. I was already doing it as a broadcaster of 30 years. Uh, I spent my years in a broadcast booth, mostly in radio. But imagine, if you will, being in a room by yourself and trying to make it fun, fun exciting, entertaining, informative, and make it sound personal. Because everyone likes to think the radio jock knows them. The sports announcer knows them. Um, so I've spent time doing the entertainment, fun stuff. When the coronavirus hit, uh, actually I was on an interview and someone was talking about some of the changes and I just blurted out, I'm going to start coaching people to help out with this because I have all this experience. And my calendar, instead of going dead like most public speakers, has now blown up to be a very full and rich thing. So I moved and pivoted at the right time, at the right moment to adapt my public speaking to the virtual stage, which coincides with the live stage. They're always going to be connected together, I think, Priscilla. You can't do one without the other anymore. Absolutely. And I think uh, this pivot that you're doing is, it's going to be more likely, like more people are going to be wanting to hire people virtually. You know, I think that was, that was not as a normal as a con of a concept, would you say? Not at all. No. Uh, most businesses that were doing it was like CEOs. They would all to get together in their think tanks. It was very high level stuff. And it was boardroom, uh, boardroom level, very dry, very boring. But they're finding out you cannot do dry and boring. People will check out. Uh, they were doing the little floating head, you know, 
uh, where, where that, that, that didn't work. They were doing bad lighting. You had the shadows, you had the Phantom of the Opera where the dark and the light. Uh, and so there's all these things that people would just realize if we're going to do this, uh, that's got to go. And we got to start doing something better, more exciting because it's here to stay. Would you say having done virtual stages and live stages, is it harder to keep people's attention virtually? Yeah, it is. It, it, it takes a different form of energy and thought. Uh, in fact, I'm, I'm posting a new video coming up about uh, the Zoom calls. Because most people are on Zoom right now or what, whatever platform you're on. It's draining. Uh, it, it's exhausting. because You mentally have to be more jacked up. You have to present bigger, which most people are going shrinking smaller. They're thinking the box is small, so they're not presenting. The number one coaching tip I give everyone is stand up. Don't sit behind the desk. Use your full body and talk like you're having a full stage presentation. This is not a small thing. This is rather big if you present it big. So it's a different emotional thing because there is no crowd. Yeah. But everyone, as I posted today, was everyone is in your front seat. There are no back seats. Every theater, every stage you go on, there's a second or third row. There they, there they are. There's, there's the splash zone people talk about. That gap. <laughs> there are no gaps anymore. And it's a different type of presentation because you see everybody and you have everyone's name right in front of you on all these virtual calls. So the game has changed and there's a different mental energy that you have to bring to this. Oh, absolutely. I've noticed that too with, with doing these Zoom calls for these podcasts. It's a whole different scenario, a whole different scene, a whole different stage. So what got you into what you're doing right now? Uh, I've always wanted to be a public speaker. Uh, I've always wanted to be uh, that hero, that guy. Uh, growing up, I had a horrible, horrible stutter. Mm. Uh, I was the awkward geek. I was the, the butt end of every joke you could imagine. Um, and then I got onto a drama team. And I was going to do a summer drama town with a ministry team that I traveled around with. Um, and literally, I found out that the drama almost never went through because my stutter was not allowing me to play the character. And the night of the final big dress rehearsal, we literally huddled up. We prayed. We walked on stage. And I hit every line, every mark, every cue. And my entire team came back. And then literally, the director came up who had told us beforehand, we may have to cancel this. And you guys can do puppets all summer, uh, which no one was thrilled about. He came back and said, what happened? Where did you go? And I said, I think it's God. I don't know. But that was really cool, wasn't it? And they said, OK, go do it. And it lit a fuse in me to get on the stage. I also became the spokesman for the team. It was, it was one of those amazing moments when you realize uh, if I relax, if I have fun, if I let my tongue just slow down and my brain and my mind sync up, amazing things could happen and that kind of little fire the going to broadcasting and going to public speaking and the microphone is my best friend now uh reading in school i would cry i would run from my room and say i'm never going to do this this is painstaking horrible uh, now i cannot imagine a life without speaking oh and now you're helping other people do the same yeah there's there, there's a whole heart of service in me i, I love serving others i love i i love hearing dreamer I love hearing crazy, whacked out dreams and then telling you, okay, how can we do this? And so I coach people on their dreams, whether it's about the virtual stage, it's about overcoming adversity in life. Um, I've worked with a lot of people that are kind of the down and out, that have hit the, the skids. Um, but there's so much goodness there that I have a great time sharing and, and serving and inspiring to get them back up. So 
a lot of them are virtual now. Uh, a lot of them have been live stages uh, or back of the room as you're signing the books and shaking hands. You do a lot of that stuff too. Oh, oh that's amazing. Let's talk about adversity. I know you, you've done quite a bit work with, uh, with people, you know, with rehabilitation, with helping them get on their feet. And like you were just saying, just helping them achieve their dream, you know, to get after it. Let's talk about that for a little bit. Like what adversity have you experienced that has helped you to help others? Uh, that's a whole longer show, but no, I'll give the clip note version. Um, I was, I should be dead three times. Um, I, I was born with a disease at birth that they told my parents he will die. Uh, within a week, I did not die. They said, take him home. He'll die at home. We need the bed space. Here I still am. Uh, I was in a fire accident at age 10, which I either should be blind for sure, my entire face caught on fire, or I should be dead from the burns. Um, and then several years ago, we found out I had liver failure. It's unknown cirrhosis of the liver. Uh, they found it by accident, and my liver was already 75% shot and gone, never coming back. Uh, and I'm three years out from a liver transplant where someone had died for me to live, Priscilla. Literally, I had to wait for a gift of life. Uh, so it's a very moving, passionate story. And from all these amazing things, I have actually learned how to listen to people through drug rehab uh, and understand a deeper left their pain, their loss, their careers, their life, their family. Because I, I lost my career through my liver transplant. Um, and so there's so many different ways to look at it. Uh, people that have lost amazing, deep, hard things. I can still see this hope because I have this whacked out sense of humor. I joked and laughed through all the things I described. I have a great imagination. Um, I always believe there's an upside that's still out there. Uh, my hope, my faith is huge. So I, I share all those things as I meet with the people that I've been in halfway houses. I've been in recovery homes. Um, so they're very near and dear to my heart. They're, they're very special. Uh, people think they're cast-offs. I think they're highly valuable, highly special people. Absolutely. I think people have gold within them. It, it, it covers up in the muck and the mire and the darkness of life, and you feel there's no way up. Uh, you don't think you can go back to your GED. You don't think you can go get that career back again. You, you don't think you can ever restore a broken family because of alcoholism. Um, it may not be the same. Let's not fool ourselves. There, there's some things there's always going to be a consequence, but there's so much gold inside of you that I love mining it and finding it. I have been in counseling rooms. I've been in rehab sessions where you see the person light up and they literally say, you see that in me? You, you think I can still do that? I'm like, yeah. And they begin to just lift up. It's, it's like they throw off that darkness and they begin to live again. And it's the coolest thing to see people literally come back to life right before your eyes giving them that hope. Yeah. Everything starts with hope. Whether you're dreaming for a business, whether you're dreaming for your marriage, whether you're dreaming for recovery, everything starts with hope, I think. And hope is a powerful message. And right now what we're going through in the world, hope is a very powerful message. Um, again, things may not go back to normal, but we still have hopeful, great, amazing times. And there's virtual stages I'm doing right now. People are learning. The speaking stage is not gone. It's just a different stage. Yeah. Schools are virtual schools. There's still schools, but it's different. So there's a lot of hope, but I think people have to look for the hope, talk about the hope, uh, coach the hope more than ever before. Do you notice that any of your people that you coach um, struggle with imposter syndrome? I know that's a big topic. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, posing, especially in this industry, whether it's broadcasting, whether it's sports entertainment, uh, public speakers, there's a huge posing atmosphere. Um, I'm cool. I'm slick. I do have all the answers when we don't. Uh, this whole thing of, especially now with the camera, everyone now is doing like cell phone, selfies, Instagram, okay? Everyone is doing this thing. And so we all want to look perfect. And it presents this whole posing uh, generation. Uh, and now everyone's catching up with it. We're all trying to look so slick and so professional when in fact, people really want the authentic. People really want the human heart. They want to have a touch. They want to have a laugh. They want to feel the heart. They don't want just a Hollywood production. Uh, so the posing thing is huge. Uh, this whole thing of fake it to make it, that's, that's one thing. Sometimes you have to fake it to make it to get to that next level. But posing is a different thing when you put on a mask and you put it on every time you're on. Every time the camera's on, every time you're speaking, you're on. And then you peel off the mask and you're completely different. Posing is not a healthy, good thing at all. So what would you say the difference is between having sort of like the mask you wear on stage as opposed to like the alter ego, where you kind of need to have a sort of mask that you extend, you, you it's yourself on stage, you know, it's a little bit more exaggerated than it would be if we're having a coffee. What would right. you say the difference is between the two? Uh, stage is a performance. And I, I, I coach performance. I, I coach people how to use the stage. For example, a, a lot of people who speak on stage will grab a hold of that podium, it's their life preserver, and they will never <laughs> let go of that podium. And they're gonna squeeze that wood as hard as they can. Yeah, you've, you've done it, right? <laughs> I tell people, get up behind the podium, Literally, I actually often will put my notes or an iPad and move it off to the side. Mm. So it's kind of there as a backup. If I get wrapped up and forget a phrase or something important, I can go check myself. But I open up the entire landscape so there's no barrier between me and the crowd. Uh, posers hate that because posers want to look like they have everything set, everything mm. perfect. Um, I want people to see my blow-ups. Uh, when I stutter on stage, for example, uh, people will hear it. They will know that I've done a blah, 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 whatever. Rather than hide it, I'll actually embrace it and crack a joke about it. Um, I'll, I'll do things that people now can relax because when we're posing and people know you're posing, when, when, when they read you as a fake, their emotion shuts off. They go inward and say, you just lost me. If you can now enter into that vulnerable state of, this is me. Here's what you got. People will actually relax and say, you know what? I'm okay with him. I'm okay with her. And you're actually elevated because you're more authentic than you are a fake. And people have to learn how to risk that. People have to learn how to realize I can be me even if it looks stupid right now. So that going bigger on stage, I coach people. Go big. Present your energy, your passion. Uh, and people will embrace that. But don't be the silly clown, the shtick, unless that's part of your routine. Yeah. But be you, be authentic, and let the chips kind of fall where they may. Mm -hmm. Be you louder, authentically. Yeah, that's a great way of saying it. Be you louder, yes. That's great. So what, uh, what uh, speaking of imposter syndrome, what have you personally dealt with when it comes to imposter syndrome? Well, way back, uh, way back, I did try to cover the stutter. 
I tried everything to hide it. Um, this will date me. So any of your listeners, viewers, uh, will we'll now know where I fall. But uh, the Fonz, Henry Winkler was really cool. Happy days. Okay, it's all on reruns. But I wanted to be, hey, I want to be the Fonz. I wanted to be that cool. And when I wasn't the Fonz, it only went higher and higher of he's that much of a geek because he's trying to be something he's not. Uh, I, I actually had a girlfriend uh, way back in high school when, when my stutter and we were dating. And every so often, the tongue would get so tight, I would try to ask her out and try to be romantic and suave, be, be, be the guy. And she literally would taunt me. What are you trying to ask me? You trying to ask me out? You know what? You have to ask me out. I'm not going out with you unless you ask. And finally, she would say, you know I'll go out with you. You know what? So just be you. Just relax. And we'll be okay. It was the most relaxing. She gave me permission. She gave me permission to just be me, stutter and all. Mm. And it was a great gift uh, from her. And it helped just start rolling off on the imposter, the mask of being the Fonz and being too cool was gone. Oh, that's so cool. That's so neat. So, so every time we watch Happy Days now, we're stuck <laughs> with the image of me. I will think about that every, it's been a while, but I used to watch uh, Nick at Night, Nick at Night. <laughs> yeah, I'll think about that every time now. <laughs> so what would be a, someone who's maybe being, feels hesitant to make the leap into the virtual stage or the live stage? What would be your advice, like the first step? Uh, the first step I, I tell everybody is to know your Take off and know your landing. People think script everything. It depends how comfortable you are and learn that stuff. But the, the first 30 seconds of any presentation, you kind of own the crowd or you don't own the crowd. The minute you walk on stage, you are presenting on a stage. Own it. Uh, I, I, I talk about rocking it. I, I like my music at 12 or 11. Uh, so come on out on stage and rock it. Have that swagger, have that confidence, have that, hey, how's it going today? Um, and just own it. But then, have your beginning always written down because the lights are on uh, people are clicking pictures there's something distracting in the crowd to gain confidence in those first 30 seconds i had that there just as a life preserver at the end the same thing happens you get wrapped up people are ready to check out they're all going back to the book table someone just had their phone go off uh if you have your landing set Everything else in the middle will be more fluid, but if you book in all your presentations, you have a confidence of, I hit them well in the beginning, I'm gonna finish strong at the end. Those will be the two things people always remember about every talk. They might forget some of your middle illustrations and some of your stuff, but they will always remember your intro and your outro. It's so true. And what you talking about, you know, rock the stage. It reminds me of a time early on when I was making the transition from performing on stage, doing my specialty acts and transitioning into the speaking realm, I had a hard time because I, I put this divide I, you know, on stage. I'd be like fire breathing and, and sparks and grinders and, and rocking out with all this amazing music, you know? And then I'd get on stage and I was like, you know, just super polished and I needed to be prim and proper. And I had this vision of what I was supposed to be as a speaker. And people are like, where's Priscilla? Where's, where's the authenticity? Where's that, where's that stage Priscilla that I know? 
And I had a hard time taking off that mask and showing Mm. people. It's almost as though I put on this professional mask, what I thought I was supposed to look like as a speaker. And it wasn't me and I didn't connect that way. And so what you said about bringing the authenticity and then also, you know, memorizing the beginning and the end, I, that's been helpful for me majorly. I'm so glad you said that because it allows you to have in the middle that authenticity while also being polished because we don't want to yes. be all over the place. I remember a time when, when, I, when I did the same thing, Priscilla, where I was going and improving my skills and stuff, and I did revert to the professional. Uh, and people came up to me, really good friends, and said, your passion is what drives you. People love when you get jacked up. They love that you like your rock and roll to 11 and you step on stage totally engaged like that. And I had gone to a stage where I was trying to be more polished, more. Mm -hmm. And they said, just go back to being you because it works. So I did the same thing and I stepped it off and I went back to just the passion, the energy, the joy, uh, Mm -hmm. the quirky laughter of the humor of what I do. And people said, this works. Mm -hmm. So a lot of it really is figure out who you are and be who you are. Yeah. The information, the content can be there, but what you do on stage, the body language, the mannerisms, people can tell when you're faking it and they can tell when you're just being you. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's such an amazing thing that people don't realize. When you try too hard, it only gets worse. People know subconsciously. And they, they, they sometimes they can't identify. They're like, I did just something's off. And they can, they can smell it. They can smell yeah. that you're not being yourself. So glad you said that. So how can people find your virtual stage and work with you? Well, the easiest way is rich at richbontrager.net. The website up, there's videos, there's articles. Uh, The other way is, and if you would include my email in there, uh, people can get a 30-minute free consultation. Oh, wow. Connect, ask questions. Tell me about your industry. Tell me about what's going on. I'll give you 30 minutes of free, just some simple tips to help you in your specific industry. Uh, email me at rich at richbontrager.net. Uh, and we can just do this via the regular chat. So you can talk to me, I can talk to you. And hopefully we'll coach you up a little bit to help you go then to the next level. That's awesome. That's a beautiful thing you're doing. Uh, I'll post the links in the description for anybody that wants to click on that. Definitely get in touch with Rich. I love what you're doing. I love what, I love your heart. I see your heart. I see your service. And I, I just know that you'd be an amazing person to work with. Definitely. And do you have any last thoughts? Any really, last things to say? Really right now as the virtual stage is going on, the best thing you can do is experiment. Uh, everyone's got a cell phone. Everyone's got a camera. The, the best thing is you can roll tape and delete. Uh, you can practice and practice, which every one of us needs to do. But don't be afraid to try. Uh, you're not going to break the camera. Uh, you, you're not going to really destroy things. Uh, and so this is a huge form of communication. Bring your creativity out. The more creative you are here, the better your content will be. You can have fun with that. I've seen amazing videos and things that I've never even tried. I'm like, wow, that's cool. So embrace your creativity. Technology is not your enemy. And just go rock the stage. Oh. Thank you so much, Rich, a.k.a. Trigger. I love that nickname, too. I, this has been so valuable. I love all your tips. I love all of the stories you've brought. It touches my heart. It makes me want to do more. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you for what you're doing. 
Thanks for having me on, Priscilla. Look forward to it. Thanks again. It's Priscilla Pfeiffer. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please subscribe, leave a comment so I can reach more people like you. And go to sparkyourinnerfire.com. I have a special gift for you. Go check it out.